Testament. And those words are big words, bold words, faith and commitment. As someone in the church, I'm very interested in looking at religious trends throughout our society. And one of those trends that's been written about is the growth of both Pentecostal and evangelical churches, on the one hand, Bible churches, and the relative decline of mainline churches, Methodists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Episcopalians. As one author noted, these denominations are moving from the main line to the sideline, having lost a third of their members over the last 40 years. There was another poll a few years ago in the Pew Forum in which people in various denominations were asked how much their faith meant to them. As you might guess, fundamentalists and Southern Baptists rank the highest with more than 70% of members saying their faith was very important. After them came the Mormons. Much further down were the Catholics. And toward the bottom, a cluster including the Methodists, the Presbyterians, and the Episcopalians. 42% of Episcopalians said their faith was important to them. But I'm not ready to get down on our team all that fast. Because chances are there are good reasons for our own hesitations. We've seen what happens when religious fervor runs hot. How it can in all, all but one stroke deny the validity of science, the beauty of truth, the goodness of other religions, the dignity of all people. And haven't these words to follow Jesus been used to perpetuate systems of racism and oppression? We are understandably reticent about diving in head first. And yet, it is to us this morning, full of hesitation, ambivalence, and questions, that we receive that tap on our shoulder and the voice of the one who says, follow me. Now on the surface, the disciples' response is a little bit frustrating. They don't ask questions. They don't run and say goodbye to their parents. They don't enter into spiritual discernment about whether or not this is a, a good life choice. There's no internal wrestling. They just get up and follow as if it were as easy as getting up and going to the fridge. But on the other hand, what a liberating thing that these disciples aren't asked to believe anything. They aren't asked to sign their name on a dotted line below a creed. They're just asked to follow. This suggests something really important to me. Faith begins with a hunch. As we heed to a tapping on our shoulder, we aren't asked to believe anything, at least not at first, so much as to heed a hunch. William Butler Yeats, whom I am not related to, says, People can embody truth, but they cannot know it. The truth is not a bundle of ideas that we can reduce to little bite-sized bits, as much as we'd like. There's an unforgettable moment in one of my favorite novels, The Brothers Karamazov. A lady from the upper echelon of 19th century Russian society comes to the venerable spiritual director, Zosima, asking him if he, can, if he can help her recover her lost faith. 
she asks in a tone of des desperation, how can I believe in God again? She's looking for faith. Sasama answers, you must learn to love. Try to love your neighbors. Love them actively and unceasingly. And as you learn to love them more and more, you will be more and more convinced of God and the immortality of the soul. Sasama goes on to tell her, don't worry about loving humanity. Love people. What an unexpected answer that is. One that I might not have thought to give myself. He doesn't say, well, first you've got to have faith, or, nor does he give her a book of proofs of God's existence. No, you just need to love like Jesus, to let go of preoccupations and fear, to let your heart open to those around you, and you will find then that God is real. Follow Christ, Zosima says. Link your life to people who need you. Love, says Anne Lamott, is seeing the darkness in another and refusing to jump ship. That's what all the great spiritual masters tell us. You can't know the absolute mystery with your mind, but you can know him by giving away your heart. And the challenge, the challenge that I see in our day and age, this time when we live in something of a spiritual marketplace, is the temptation to dabble, to try a little bit of Christianity, maybe add a pinch of self-help with a dash of Eastern religion. These things are all wonderful. I really do believe that. And surely each of them is, is its own deep well of truth that lead one into the mystery. But we must give ourselves fully to one of them and we Christians have come to trust that in Jesus, we can go all the way down into God's heart. Jesus calls us, after all, to be disciples of sacrificial love, not dabblers in spirituality. And that means that what we most need to do is to enter into disciplines and practices of Christian faith. We need to have ways where we experience real solitude and real times of listening and also real times for community. Hopefully you have this here at St. Paul's, but it could be found elsewhere, around one or two with whom you feel like you're at once affirmed and challenged to take a step deeper. Deeper, so that we can hear that invitation afresh. Come and follow me. In some ways, all of us here this morning have heard the summons. Sure, we came to church, for a host of reasons. We wanted to see friends, to hear the choir, to have some unbelievably good church coffee. But I think the deepest reason any of us is here is because God drew us. And for one reason or another, we decided to go along with it. Come and follow me. This doesn't mean we have to drop our nets and, and leave home, leave our day job. It meant that for the first four fishermen. But if this story is about being called into the great flow of God's life in the world, then my guess is that it'll look different for each and every one of us. Come and follow me, says the voice. Listen, listen in the stirring of the night and the liturgy of Holy Communion and the ache you may feel for justice and that yearning in your own heart for a life that matters. Come and follow me. It may mean raising children and writing grants and meeting with customers. It may mean serving the poor or soothing the dying. It may be calling a friend or canvassing 
your neighborhood with campaign signs in prayer that goodness become a little more recognizable in our world. In other words, it may not mean doing great things, just a lot of little things with great love. Follow me, we hear. That's the heart of our faith, that the same love that moves the sun and all the stars is the same love that taps us on the shoulder this day and every day with a summons, a beckoning, an invitation to give yourself, to commit to the one who has eternally committed himself to you. Amen.